Welcome to Socially Supportive, where you'll hear the hottest insights and discover cutting-edge technology as we take you behind the scenes with the latest authors, top executives, and industry thought leaders. This is Customer Care the Social Way with your host, Frankie Soche. Episode 38 of the Socially Supportive Podcast is brought to you by The Social Pack. Get on the inside to stay on the top side. Head on over to sociallysupportive.com and join today for the latest tips, tricks, and technology in digital and social customer care. Also brought to you by Morningbrook Digital Consultancy. If you need help with your digital customer support strategy, Morningbrook Digital can help. Email me at frankie at sociallysupportive.com for more information. Hello, Social Pack. Welcome to Manic Monday. Boy, do we have a treat for you today. So we won't be wasting any time at all. I will remind you very quickly that there's not much time left if you're going to register for the Insight Group's Customer Service Summit being held November 16th and the 17th at the Marriott Brooklyn Bridge. The Socially Supportive Podcast is the official podcast partner of the event. So if you go to Socially Supportive dot com slash insight I-N-C-I-T-E. Go through the process of registration. You can save $300 by using the coupon code supportive S-U-P-P-O-R-T-I-V-E. Today's inspiration comes to us from Eli Goldratt, who said, tell me how you measure me and I will tell you how I will behave. If you measure me in an illogical way, do not complain about illogical behavior. You've heard that quote before, but it's very true today as well. Now, let me get right to it. This is going to be a fantastic episode. I've got for you a fantastic guest. This guest has been a strategy lead and pioneer in social customer service at AT AT&T since 2010. He spent two years building out AT&T's business-to-business social service organization, joining the group as one of the original members of the team. He then transitioned to the consumer support organization in 2012, where he has since helped to build their enterprise-wide support organization, launched three different social CRM tools, developed a holistic social support valuation model, and driven proactive social support content strategy for the corporation. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring you Eric Larson. Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you, Frankie. I'm really excited to be on and to share some of the work that we're doing. So I appreciate you inviting me. Oh, absolutely. And I'm very excited to have you on because I know firsthand from our previous discussions that the thought leadership you are developing over there at AT AT&T in terms of social media customer care is fantastic. And I know we have a lot to talk about today. So let's just get right into it. Can you share a little bit about the thought leadership that you're working on there? Absolutely. Uh, So one of the issues that we've been working on here and really trying to nail down is understanding the amount of value, especially financially, that social media customer service brings to the company. Uh, So when you look at this from most companies' perspective, it depends on who's launched social customer service at your company. It's be looked at through one of two lenses. It's either going to be compared to a traditional call center or it's going to be compared to a PR campaign. The problem is it's neither one of those. Traditional call centers are one-to-one operation and traditional PR campaigns tend to be unidirectional. 
which means all the messaging is going in one direction, it's going out. So what has always been an issue with creating a value for social support is how do you measure the one-to-many aspect of supporting customers publicly while also capturing all of the additional aspects involved in supporting a customer digitally. So what we've been doing is we're looking at social customer Mm -hmm. service as a combination of a call center, a PR campaign, and a website. While that statement's great at a high level, it's not the easiest thing to do. So what we've been doing is we've looked at when you're looking at your existing tools, what we've found is within the social media ecosystem, there's still nothing that can truly provide a dollar value at a case level. So we've chosen a path forward where we are looking at social service at a holistic level, and we're providing a total value driven for a month instead of trying to calculate this on a case-by-case perspective. And the way we're doing this, trying to accomplish this, is that we've broken down our value model into two separate groups. Our first group is focused around customer engagement, and this includes any value associated with a direct customer interaction. And then the second group is focused on what I will refer to as proactive messaging. This is any post, any content, or any work that does not directly relate to a customer interaction. And just to be very specific on that, I refer to proactive when you're sending messages outwards, and then engagement and reactive is when a message first comes in from a customer. So within each of these groups, we have built out segments to capture the pieces of value generated from customer service. Now, before I go into this, there is a caveat. These segments won't work for everybody. And there's going to be segments that you come up with that will be applicable to you and your company that didn't work for us. So looking at the first grouping of value that we've come up with, and this is the engagement group, we have broken this down into five separate segments. The first one is retained customer value. So if your company was inactive in social media, there would be a cost associated with your lack of presence linked to a higher customer churn. Now, research done by Twitter has shown this as well as multiple other external partners and vendors. So the value here is based on the annual value of a customer. And you can do a calculation based on if I didn't help any of my customers and none of those cases existed, a percentage of those cases would have churned and gone to a competitor. Second segment that we're looking at is total distributed contact deflection value which is a really fancy way of saying additional click-through rates. So when you're supporting customers within social, additional customers are capable of leveraging the links that you share for self-service. So as you're out there, you help a customer in that one-to-one interaction, you're sharing a link publicly that may go to a self-service article. You have incremental value driven by additional customers seeing that link, having the same issue, and clicking on that link. Which is what we have all thought of about social customer care as being one of the benefits is that you're able to put one interaction out there between you and one customer, but the value can be blended out over many customers who don't have to interact with you but get the benefit of the answer to the question, right? Absolutely. That's one of the big differences between social and a call center or even a chat center is I am going to help a customer. However, I'm doing it publicly and everybody can see what I'm doing and everybody can use that 
And right now, if you are compared to a call center, you're not tracking that value. Now, one of the things to keep in mind is while everyone thinks of Twitter as a one and done, very quick type of response and lifespan, that's very much not true, especially when you're sharing links. So one of the things you want to make sure is whatever your web analytics platform on your website is, whether that's Adobe or Google Analytics or New Relic, you want to make sure you're using link tracking from an Adobe tagging, Google UTM tagging that allows you to group the traffic that you're sending to your website and to be able to report on. Because one of the things you're going to see is when you share a link, it's going to get picked up by nine to five, or it's going to get picked up by news blogs. It's going to get picked up all sorts of places, depending on what type of company you are. And a lot of times those links are reshared. And there's additional value that continues to be driven as those links get shared out and awareness of your self-service grows. And if you're using just the Bitly link that's built into your social analytics platform instead of your web-based analytics tagging, a lot of times you'll lose that tracking and you'll lose the ability to see additional built on and build up of value that you're generating there. I think that's an excellent call out and we will have you back on the show, I'm sure, to tell us a little more deeply about that link tracking, how you do it and how other folks listening to the show can do that as well. Absolutely. So moving on to the next segment, the next segment is the customer satisfaction improvement value. So this is looking at MPS score for your company and the MPS score for your agents and, and managers that are interacting in social media. So we've all heard for years now how an MPS score directly relates to higher retention and higher lifetime value of a customer. So if your company has done that calculation to understand what a change in MPS score, for example, what a one point improvement in MPS score brings as a value for your company, what you can do is you can look at the difference between the MPS score of your social media agents and the MPS score of your call center agents. And then you can build out a value based on the annual referral value of a customer that your company has calculated to show what the additional value associated with a higher MPS and social brings to the company over the MPS value of a call center. Now, this is assuming that you have a higher MPS value for your social group than a call center group or a chat group, but that is what we see at a lot of companies. There is definitely value there for the company. And people shouldn't be scared to find out what that MPS score is. I know I've talked to a few companies who are afraid to find out and they sort of stick their head in the sand. But if you do find out that there is a lower NPS score, which is unusual, then you would have an opportunity to drill down into what types of interactions have that lower NPS score and drill for solutions on how to raise that NPS score, wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. Coming from an operations background, it, if you're not calculating it and you're not measuring it and you don't know what the answer is, you have no way to improve. That's right. So you've got to go out there and get your NPS score. Um, and, and once again, some of the research Twitter did last year is a really good benchmark on why this is important. Because a lot of what they've shown with, through that research is that if you take a customer that is negative, and unfortunately, we all know that a lot of customers coming to us in social are very negative, and you're able to support them and, and provide a resolution to their issue, they tend to actually be a higher value associated with that customer than would have been if they never had an issue in the first place. 
That's right. Being able to calculate that, knowing what that MPS score is, it's critical to a good social customer service business, just as it's critical to a call center business or chat business or any other customer support that you're doing. So moving on to the next segment, um, the next segment is customer impression value. When you start getting into, you know, there's a PR campaign associated with providing customer support in a public setting like social media. So when you look at public support for customers in social, it's generating a large volume of public interactions and a large volume of visibility with your customers. And if you wanted to run a paid ad campaign to reach the same number of customers, it would cost you a significant amount of money. So what we've done is we've taken the impression value for Twitter from our organic interactions with customers, and we've applied a value associated with that based on our CPM or cost per thousand impressions for paid campaigns. And that way we're taking the paid social CPM value that we already have for the company on average, and we're applying that to our organic volumes. And that is giving us a value for all of this positive customer resolution activity that's happening out there. And for those of you listening to the show, if you do not have direct responsibility for your social media marketing, certainly partner up with those folks across the aisle in your marketing department that have responsibility that can get you access to that data so that you can get to this customer impression value number. Absolutely. And they might not always want to share that information. <laughs> they um, might not always want to share. <laughs> you should be able to at least get an average for uh, how you've performed in the last half a year or so. That'll help you get this value. And depending on the number of customers that you're interacting with, it is a fairly large value associated with that. And then the last segment for engagement is going to be bots. And in this case, the one that I'm, I'm going to call out is a social initial response bot. So when you look at social media, bots are the new thing. Everybody's talking about it. But you see a lot of companies are getting very, very technical, very fast. And a lot of them are the customer facing side. You don't want to forget your corporate facing side, your internal bots. So a, a good use case here is automating first responses or sometimes even full casework for support within social media because it's freeing up agent time and is focusing on higher value contacts. So if you're a power company and you have outages, you know that a customer is going to write in and say, hey, is power out? And oftentimes they're just going to say in bucket, you know, in one section of the city instead of an actual address. And unfortunately, power company doesn't know if it's out in all the bucket. They're going to know their systems are designed for a specific address. So what you can do is you can create a bot that is looking for keywords. Once again, for like a power company, you look for outage and then will automatically respond to the customer saying, hey, thank you for reaching out. We just need to get a little bit more information. What is the address that you're interested in? And what that does is it allows you to do a response within 30 seconds because it's automated and allows you to get the additional information that an agent's going to need in order to find a resolution. So you're speeding up your response. And what we've all seen in the research is the faster you are responding, the happier the customer is. And you're also getting the information necessary for an agent to do their job before the agent actually has to touch the case. I, I will refer to this as a fairly dumb bot. You know, there, there's not a lot of artificial intelligence. It's just based on search keywords. But there's a lot of value associated with this based on the 
hourly rate for your employee and the amount of time that that's freeing up. So if it was going to take them three minutes to open that case, review it, and then just DM back to the customer saying, hey, what's your address? Now they don't have to do that. So you might have only saved three or four minutes, but that's time. Yeah, I think it's so important to point out that there are two sides to the benefits on this that we're talking about here. The first one is, like you talked about, you're saving time. And even if it's a little bit of time, when you multiply that over the tremendous number of interactions that you've got going on day in and day out, that little bit of time really adds up. And the second side of that that people don't tend to think about at all that you brought up is customer satisfaction will improve because the ease of the customer providing the data and the speed by which that's happening is increasing, which increases their satisfaction. So there are two sides to the benefit on that. Absolutely. Now, you might not come up with a financial value for both sides of the coin, but you can definitely put that down as additional information for your leadership. It's going to show up in NPS scores. It's going to show up in CSAT. It will show up somewhere and it's driving value for the company. That's right. So that's the five segments that I'll talk through for the customer engagement group of value. The other side of the coin here is your proactive segments. It's not the customer coming to you first. It's you proactively putting messaging out and putting content out there in social media based on your top call drivers, based on top search terms on your website, based on any other your indicators you have within your company of information needed by the customer and you getting out ahead of it so that the customer doesn't have to call you. It's also awareness of digital self-service that you've got out there. So the first segment that I'm going to call out here is going to be YouTube views. So YouTube is the number two search engine in the world. It's part of the number one search engine in the world. And it's an excellent place to put your self-service. What we do, and, and this one's very simple, is we look at total unique video views, driving self-service and call deflection. And your value is going to be based on deflecting calls out of your call center and out of your chat centers to this self-service channel. And then the second segment we've got here is a proactive post value. There aren't a lot of companies that do this, but for the ones that are proactively putting messaging out, once again, look at your corporation's top call drivers, look at your top search terms on the website, look at upcoming trends and issues that are happening, and then develop and craft content that you can post in Twitter and on Facebook and any other channel that you're using socially that puts the, the answer out there for your customer. So they don't have to call you. They don't have to chat with you. Put it out there and make it easy for customers to find. And one of the things that you'll see is people tend to shy away from this, especially on a channel like Twitter, where it is fleeting, because they'll look at it and say, you know what, I post on Twitter and it's going to be off someone's feed in 20 seconds. That's not entirely true when it comes to Twitter, especially with proactive content for self-service. Because what you'll see is we've actually found an 18-month lifespan on some of these tweets. Because if you're shortening with Bitly or, or Link Shortener, they're creating a microsite for that Link Shortener that's going to show up in Google. And you're adding your website web analytics tag to the end of the link so you can track how much traffic you're driving. You're going to have news agencies. You're going to have blogs for your industry. You're going to have websites for your industry that pick up those links and that share them. And your customers are going to share them. And, and you'll see actually a lot more traffic than you would expect from these proactive posts. And at the end of the day, once again, this is driving awareness of self-service. 
and your digital solutions so the customers don't have to reach out to you in person. So it's it's definitely a value add for the company. And, and once again, it's a value based on call deflection. So there you have it, everybody, straight from Eric Larson, who is driving cutting edge thought leadership at AT&T in the field of social media customer care. I've had the opportunity and the privilege to speak with many folks that are out there doing fantastic work. This is the bleeding edge of fantastic work that's happening. And Eric and I have been working for a while to try to get him scheduled to come on the show. And I'm so glad that I'm able to share this with you because this is fantastic stuff. When you talk about finding the value of your social media customer care program, you've got both the customer engagement segments that he's talked about, and then also the proactive segments where you're able to dig in and find this value. Eric, if folks want to connect with you to learn more about what you're doing, where can they reach out to you? Right now, I think the best place to reach out would be LinkedIn. Um, If you have any questions about the content that we've covered, I I can definitely answer them there. That is fantastic. Eric, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I am promising everyone that we will have you back on to talk more uh, deeply about each of these segments and then also share your thought leadership in other areas as well. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Socially Supportive. Want more? Head on over to sociallysupportive.com to join the social pack and find the best tips, tricks, and technology to take your team from okay to outstanding in no time.